students. It might be students of the heart. It might be an image. But it's the place where story is not of interest. Events and people and places don't touch there. The stories of separation don't play there. If those stories come, then drop into your place of rest again. not so much getting the right place to rest. It's about pulling your attention away from stories. Let your attention rest at home, wherever your attention comes out of in order to go up into story, pulling it back from there and letting your attention drop back to where it arises from, so that it's not focused on anything. Without effort, listening can happen. Without effort, your heart knows how to beat pretty regularly. Without any effort, life is continuing. Yet let your attention be withdrawn. Pulled back to where it might be in deep sleep when there's nothing at all happening.
a level of stillness. can be aware of. See if you can open your eyes and that same zone of peace prior to story. See if that stays there while you open your eyes. Because your eyes tend to bring in so much information, but your attention does not need to go on that information. Just like your hearing, cognition happens from whatever you hear, not a problem. So let your eyes see, but don't let a dialogue start, an internal dialogue. Just being with, no grasping. Just being with, and we don't need to name whatever it is. even though we're going to start talking now, let that not bother you. Don't push anything away. Life isn't the problem. It depends on how you connect with it. If you push life away, if you judge it, all these things will get you caught in a a little dynamic twirl with your own mind. And it doesn't need to be that way. to see if there's anybody who had a really tough time with that. Nobody was in World War III, World War III in their head at the same time. Some people were zoning out with big smiles. Deb, were you okay? I know your body was twitching, but you were okay? Okay, great.
think we might have a battery thing going on, Matthew. Thank you so much. Maybe it's me, but I'm going to test it and see. Thank you. How are we doing now? Isn't it kind of interesting what like 20 minutes can do? extraordinary, isn't it, how we choose suffering instead of just dropping in. We choose distraction, you know. Any story will do. And it's free to drop in. It's free. <laughs> no wonder it doesn't get good publicity out there, you know, because it's free. <laughs> On a side note, um, an email popped in that there's some mindfulness group, the Mindfulness Network, if there's such a thing, I'm not sure what they call themselves. But mindfulness Summit. Summit. There we go, the Summit, that's what it is. So today, everybody who's connected to that Summit is meditating at 2 o'clock. I don't know for how long, but it's at 2 o'clock. So as part of our day, I'd like us to join in with that because when, when you meditate as a group and we connect globally, it does things for the whole lot of humanity and the whole planet, that everything gets lifted with large group work like that. So with that amount of people all around the world, and there's thousands who are going to unplug from the story-making machine, it makes a substantial difference. So we're going to integrate that however we work out our schedule for the day. We're going to be here ready to drop in at 5 before 2. Okay? We'll drop in. Okay. So in Storyland, is there something that needs resolution somewhere? I mean, I know you're hovering there somewhere. Are you, are you, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. You okay? Okay, well done. Great. Morgana, you a storyland? <clears throat> Extravaganza? Oh, no, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's nothing going on. Uh, wow. I'd say something. Um, really? Well, maybe, maybe I don't know how to say anything. Um, what's going on? I, I was going to say kind of nervousness, but there's not even that. I, I feel totally okay with this potentially embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm terrified of speaking in front of groups, and well, maybe because I'm not speaking, but I am speaking. Anyway, that's what's going on. Pretty much nothing. Yes. But yet there's a place for a bit of anxiety or a bit of nervousness. 
I can't find it. I, the thought is sort of somewhere that in this situation and when I tried to speak on the microphone and in this group before, there's been pretty much a tightening, but that didn't happen. But I was expecting it to happen. Ah. And even with the expectation, it didn't happen. So, I don't know what else to say. And even if it did happen, there's space for it. Right. I, I think that's why, you know, because it was okay. If it happened, that was fine. Ah. So, maybe if I tried not to, that would Yes, of course, it brings a resistance when it happens. Yeah, yeah. To push something away when we're already in separation. We've already gone into duality. Right. We're, right. we're against something. So mm -hmm. now now anything can anything. any drama will, will happen because I am in there. You know, yeah. something is in there experiencing. Attention is on the experience. Right. As soon as there's some kind of yeah. whatever it's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and even when you know that you're not Morgana, or you're not the person, the individual, the dualistic realm can still operate, but how you connect to it is very different. Mm. You know, yeah. when, when you believe you, you are the person and you're the individual, there's just you resisting a potential anxiety. Let's use this example, it's a good one. There's just you fighting, oh my God, I'm, 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 the microphone is coming my way, oh no, and, and the body tightens up, blah, 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 off we go. Everybody knows some situation of, of nervousness like this. And so, when there's identification, there's nothing else going on. It's like your entire bandwidth is absorbed. It's life-threatening. You're right in there. And there's just you feeling awful and you have to do this thing and there's no space. This very same habit can happen and when you know it's not you, that you're not the individual, there's space for life. The dualistic realm still plays. But you're not in there giving it all your bandwidth. It's like there's space for it. There can be anxiety. Yeah, anxiety is running and we use this awful non-dual language and I don't know any other language so that's what we do. And it's like, you know, there's there's space for that. There's yeah, it, it, yeah, sure, the body is nervous or nervousness happens. Sorry for the jargon, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, but I'm not sucked in. You see? So from the outside it can look the very same. It can look the very same. It's like Oh, there's somebody, you know, swallowing mid-sentence because they're nervous or something. They shouldn't be nervous because da da da. And it's like, it's all, it's all welcome. It's all like, how could anything be resisted? How could any experience not be available to you? It, it's all just manifestation. But your bandwidth is much wider. It's much wider. You see? So when it's me, myself, I, we contract it. There's just that. But as you go back, you know, spiritual practice is the observer, and we go back and it's much wider. It's like in the place of stillness, the totality, 
of course there can be that flicker where the body goes completely into high high adrenaline and puffing and nervous and thinks there's annihilation coming because of the microphone heading towards you. It might go into its spin, you know. But there's something that's completely not buying into it. Completely not buying into it. You see? So nothing actually really needs to change. Well, you know? Yeah. Really nothing needs to change. But everything changes because your perspective shifts. Exactly. Well, that is so huge for me. Ah, huge. You see, so if we have a habit of that needs to go, that that's not enlightened behavior. That's not spiritual. It's like that that that's a spin-off. That frame of thinking is a spin-off that we still have in the spiritual world, but that comes from religion. Like that's a saintly thing to do, or you know. That's the right way to behave. That's the wrong way to behave. These structures are from religion. You know? And it kind of spun over a bit, you know, in, in, into spirituality. So we have an idea of how it must look. We put ourselves into all kinds of hoops and loops, imagining that that's not spiritual or it shouldn't show up like this. Like, hmm, that thought is the one that's a bit led astray. That's the thought. The rejection of something. Oh, how, how, how could grace look one particular way and not another way? Hmm. Okay, your behavior will change because there's no way you could go and murder somebody. I mean, you couldn't. It just wouldn't happen because whatever moves through you doesn't do that. So your actions get involved in, in you know, in whatever way consciousness wants to move them. But if consciousness has its reason for murdering somebody, it will do it. But it's not just going to go out there and willy-nilly do it. That's, that's from a mind idea. But if consciousness is going to do it, it'll absolutely make sense. You know? So even that, even that can happen. You know? There are no exceptions. The motivating factor will completely be different because the motivation of mind stops. Mind no longer dictates your action. That's what stops. That has to change. You see? And for a while it feels like you're kind of listening to see is it your intuition or what, what, what? What action is going to be taken here? And you feel like you're kind of listening for a cue. And that's a phase. That's like a phase, like observing your thoughts is a phase. But it becomes completely natural, where you step out of the way, and your mind isn't hobby-horsing on top of that which is moving through you anyway. Your mind isn't hijacking any thought, you know? That the movement comes from someplace else, and your mind plays catch up. Yeah. You see? Yeah. You see? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put some of this on a, a, a chart because, um, because some people work better with. Uh, uh, visuals. 
So if you've got like me, myself, I. Okay. Me stories. So it's all encompassing. This is your bandwidth. We go into an observer. And it's a bit wider. Because we can see the my story and something is looking at it. And then it gets a bit wider again. It feels like it's your, you know, your perception is going back. That's why I kind of talk about prior. It feels like, you know, just pull back and you can see more. Pull back and you can see more. Like a camera lens, anything. Pulling back, you're going to see more. So from the observer here, we have beingness or I am. And that's really as far as where the non-dual goes. Because here you get into oneness. A lot of people don't experience oneness at all. It's totally fine. They kind of get, yeah, I think everything is kind of connected, but some people get a whammy of like, holy Moses, I'm the wall. I, I'm, I'm the light. Some people get a huge whammy, some people don't. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for it. You don't need to experience phenomenally all of these steps. Mm -mm. Well, you don't need to experience phenomenally oneness. Some people can jump over observer. It's rare enough. And let's get wider again. And so here, the big thing that happens is that the, from the I am, the am, Part goes. We've just got the I or the absolute. Oh, oh God, I'm dyslexic today. I or the absolute or God or emptiness or nothing or da 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 da. Natural state. Anybody last? Anybody lost? No? Alright. Okay. So, the jewel and the non-jewel. And a lot of people, you know, our spiritual practice is stepping back from your story, stepping back from your story, stepping back from your story. But this, this tends to be a bit of a, a flip-flop thing, coming in and out of it. This can go on for years where you're going over and back and over and back, observing your drama and back and caught in your drama, observing your drama and you're caught in your drama. This one goes on for quite a while. The more time you spend in the observer, the more capacity there is to drop into the next level. That's for sure. Because if, if you're hanging out in me story and you've got a little bit of observer, it's like, well, this is the new territory. The observer is the new territory. And, and dropping in deeper than that doesn't really happen until you shift your equilibrium. Where there's more observer than me story, you're right for the next level to kick in. It's like training a muscle. You know, you can't... And maybe it is because, because your brain is another organ. And it's really it has to do with your perception too. You know? Maybe that's what's going on. But like you, you, if you can't touch your toes, you're probably not going to be able to do 100 push-ups. Probably not. So, so the, the flexibility of your bandwidth, the more, the wider you become, the more time you have an observer, 
the easier it is to touch into like, oh yeah, there's nothing going on. There's just that sense of being, that sense of existence, and that natural stillness inside. All right. And all that territory, the sense of being itself, the very part that falls away. And we're left with just pure I. It has a beingness, but actually it's not dependent on being. It's not dependent on being. That's what kind of cleans it up from this non-dual stage. There's just pure I. We go deeper than that. And what happens here is that existence gets transcended. Existence is challenged or transcended, whatever way you look at it. The thing with existence is that's the thing that's ultimately underneath all fear. Because it's always like, if, if I'm going to be annihilated, if I don't exist, and that's fine in theory, but if you're actually challenged with it and faced with it, you discover there'll be a huge fear there. You know? It's, in, it's like, no, it'd be fine if I die, but actually if you really had a life-threatening illness, or if you really were, you know, in a, heading in almost driving your car into a truck or something, so yeah, your heart might beat a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? If we're faced with it, it really does... We've got some natural thing that wants to stay alive, that wants to exist. In this work, you'll find that existence is just an idea. That it, there is nothing more than the concept being believed that you exist. It's just, it's just believed by a lot of people altogether. And we have a nervous system that fights to perpetuate it. So that kind of reinforces the belief. But all it is is a belief. Existence is a belief that when it is unchallenged, unexplored, there is absolutely full-on buying into the idea that something exists. And therefore that anything after that that you believe into your reality exists as well. So your own fundamental idea, I exist, needs to be challenged at some point. If you exist, the whole world exists. And where it shifts to is like, yeah, you know, you exist within a particular mindset. Of course, of course, there's a Jack here and there's a you there, of course. But ultimately, there's also a zone that you have access to, you as pure consciousness that has, has access to it, where you know that none of this is happening at all. Where to find that? Check out existence. Has it just been accepted, believed to be true? Or check out existence. Check out existence. If, if existence was a fundamental natural law, we wouldn't be able to go any further. We wouldn't even be able to talk about existence. We really wouldn't, because it's, it, it would be a baseline, a concrete thing. But it's not, actually. It's just a concept. And whatever goes prior to existence isn't subject to existence. So whatever's before that doesn't need existence. 
Everything after it does need existence because existence is a fundamental foundational building block here. It's a cornerstone. So for existence, we need the idea of God and the absolute and I and am and that sense of beingness. All of these things need existence in order to validate their existence. <laughs> the want of another word. <laughs> and of course, me, myself, I, like the densest part of it, huh? So, from the point of view of, I suppose, maybe materialists or, or you know, with atheism, after, when existence stops, there's absolutely nothing. And yeah, that's true too. There's absolutely nothing. Sure, because it can't exist. Right? But, but when we do this work and our consciousness expands and our awareness, our capacity to tune into pure consciousness. As you do this work, something has an ability to go prior to existence. You can find it someplace. And it feels like it feels like a thought that you haven't thought yet. It's like an unthought thought. An unthought thought. It's like your brain doesn't know what to do with it, but but somehow, somewhere it makes sense. So if we go prior to existence, all of this can be seen to be fundamentally natural. So let your bandwidth expand prior to existence. Tom, you've got quite an extraordinary facial expression. It's wonderful. <laughs> Are you okay or do you want the microphone? Yeah. Um, who is there to and I don't want to make this too intellectually obvious. Who is there to say that there is no existence? Yeah. There's a paradox. Pure consciousness. Okay. Um, so that just leave it at that. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. But somehow or another, it is still translated that you as Jack can say that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's a knowingness somewhere that penetrates yeah. Physical form says, yet there is, I'm not, I don't exist. Yes. Okay. But, yes. but it's a knowingness, it's a full, complete, like, you yes. know, two plus two is four. That's right. Okay. All right. Then back to this, the, the, I hear about this observer, I've always been able, I gather that's just the piece that I know is seeing stuff, you know, there's activity, observer, okay. But this I amness, mm. I honestly don't think I've ever experienced. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly produce it. You know, it's like, okay, I've read that talk, and all these things happen. Yeah. So this is, I must be, I must, I must be, I guess. I am. But as far as a direct experience, I don't know. Maybe I've just misinterpreted it, or maybe I haven't experienced it. I don't know. Okay. Okay, Here, here's one way to, to, to see if it makes sense to you or not. So the sentence, I am Tom, 
You can sip with that. All right, I'm Tom. So, story. Hmm? Story. it is a story, but at some place that story is valid because it's like, hi, I'm Tom, and you've got to introduce yourself as Tom. And it, it has a place, okay? It, you know, did that function? Of course, it's a story, but it, it has a, a role. So, in the place I am Tom, if we just got rid of the Tom part, if there was no label, <clears throat> just the label gone, what would be there then? You get it? Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. It's only the label from the story is gone. That's always there. Yes, that's always there. Yes, until you go prior to it. But that's the I amness, that's the beingness, that's what that layer is. Just missing the label. But some kind of thing is there. Something, yeah. Something. That's the I am. That's the beingness. That's what we call that. That's something. Be then that makes more sense to me because the observer is still alive. Yes, very much so. Yeah, they just play cat and mouse, really. But it's where we have to start, you know, to kind of like, oh my God, I saw, I saw my drama. You know, that's observer. You know, oh, I got caught there in a bit of garbage. That's observer. That's fine. It's very useful too, it's very useful, but it's the fact. So we drop the label, and you can be without a label. Right, that's just being this, that's I am. Well, this is working for yeah. 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 Some people get the interconnectedness of everything, and some people don't. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it at all. It's completely uh, overrated. Really, <laughs> it's overrated. It is, yeah. Well, one, I, I've had like one experience of that. Of the oneness? Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But it was, but I knew it was a at a beginning and at an end. It does. It's just an experience. It's too phenomenal for me. I, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when we talk back in May, you got a big me story going on. Uh, who is shaking this whole thing right now? I, I see how mind creates its own mischief and misery. I just, just catch it. It's rising up as a go. There goes again. You get very cynical about it. Almost. What piece of shit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. And that, that will have to move to where it's completely indifference about it. It's a pain in the butt, the mind, sure, yeah. but, but it has to move to being completely okay. It, it will move to that. It, it's there, you know. It, yeah, it comes and goes. More and more. The yeah. indifference, and yeah. well, honestly, most of the time it's indifferent. I'm more surprised at how, at how it, the way it arises. And even in, as we were, I was kind of just, I started to dream or just falling asleep. And I thought, even in, even as when we're not actively pursuing something, the mind wants to create yeah. a story. That's it. It does. It does. And so it, it, it needs to be allowed to do that because it has some natural story making mechanism. You know, and I thought for years my mind had to stop. I really thought for years I had to stop all stories. 
Then that must be doing, but but sure talk of pushing the river upstream, you know? Not at all. It's the relationship with the thoughts. It's the relationship with the mind, you know? But who's doing the relationship? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's very much in the dualistic realm, you know? Me fighting mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But who's in me fighting the mind? You know? Yeah, we, you know, we could yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a place where there is me fighting the mind, and then if we drop into the non-dual, there's no me and there's no mind. But, you know, they're both just lenses of perception. None is better than the other. They're just different viewpoints. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going back to this being as I am. Yeah. Yeah. So the experience from there would be Is there experience? Is there experience? There were, I assume there are some things there, <coughs> otherwise there would be non-existence. Yes. So something's there. Yes. You can say existence is there then. Yeah. Well, here, here's a, one thing that I've come across is so I'll be, it seems like everything's very quiet, you know, except when I'm riding my bike. I'll go for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'll think, well, am I just spaced out on the thought? Or was I thoughtless? <laughs> um, but something transpired, and I was there. Does this make any sense? Yes. Yeah, so I'm present, but there's no real experience, or nothing happened, I suppose. There was no mental activity. But sometimes it's very easy to get caught into a story and not be aware of in the story until all of a sudden, oh, Yes. You know, you get that. You know. Yes. But then there are other times where I think, oh, was it yes. lost? Or was it just pure quiet? Yes. Is there a way to know the difference? Not really. Here's why. It's because sometimes when we're in a, you know, a big thought thing, and when it breaks, when it breaks gradually, our awareness rises up and the thought we're coming out of the loop right and our awareness rises up so there's awareness and the loop is ending so we get to see that oh my god i was in a big long story and other times there's just a complete cut at the end of the story and then there's awareness and you've no clue of what happened for the last 10 minutes you've no clue because it's a completely clean cut next moment you, you can't know that. You just can't know. Yeah. Leaving space for both. It's like maybe there was no thoughts and maybe there was just a fancy loop and it completely shut down and this moment now is fresh. There's no connection. We, you know, you didn't drag the last moment to this moment. That's what I like about it. That's the significant thing. Is that whatever was going on, there was no dragging of that into this. This is a completely clean moment. That's the one I like. Yeah. But every moment is clean. It is unless you're dragging, you know? Like if you're running a loop, it doesn't feel like it, does it? You know? Oh, We've got memory running and, and somehow yakety yak going on and we're stuck into linear time, you know? Because we're pulling it along with us, so we're on the timeline. 
you know, if you're not cruising on the timeline, every moment is fresh. So in that moment of like, whoa, was I lost in thought or there was no thought for the last 10 minutes? Now, now, you're in, now you're fresh. Now that you're out of linear time. That's the one that's important there. Not where you were, because you can't, you can't access that. Okay. That's, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's the fresh moment that's not connected to linear time. Like, I like it. That's the good one. That's the breakthrough one. It's just completely and totally present. Clean. Clean. And mind will look, what's going on? What's going on? What, what? You know, it's, it's like it look for a reference point to, again. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. Looking for a reference Looking point. Looking for a reference point. Yeah. Okay. So, without a reference point, it's totally fine. But not knowing, that emptiness, just fresh. Stay, keep it fresh. I, because I think the experience of Tom is used to reference points. And, and experience without it is, is strange or new or different. Um, well, it doesn't know how to behave without a reference point. Maybe does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Doesn't know how to. It, it needs a whole. That's why we do story to give us reference points for the next one. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons we do story for sure. So the thing is, when every moment is fresh. The personality can be told, there's no reference point, and it's safe to have no reference point. So the personality can be kind of assuaged, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. So the personality gets used to that. And then, there's always a phase of like, what, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What, what, what's going on? What, you know? So there's like a learning curve in order to learn how to, oof, how to be, you're, you're going to forget a lot of things. So practically, it can be a pain in the butt, having no reference point. But at the same time, you will only do what's significant. Somehow the world will not fall apart. And efficiency comes in. And the, the ball that you drop actually is fine that it's dropped. It's never hugely traumatic or detrimental to anything. There's an efficiency in it, but, but it looks like we're sloppy, we've forgotten things. I mean, Derek can probably tell you what it's like living with me, because that, that, like, that would be very strange for him, or was very strange for him. So there's a few phases in learning to drop the reference point. Well, mine are very small, please don't answer no, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's, it's the, what needs to happen is, is like, Tom character, you know, you don't need reference points. It's all right. You don't need reference points. So that any time you're like, oh my God, I'm setting up reference points. Or, wow, I'm, I'm going back to that reference point all the time and I'm bringing that into the present. Just getting aware of the reference points is a great thing to do. So it disconnects, it disconnects all these, uh, I moments, because what we do, there aren't that many personal me story moments, but we think we're full of it. We think there's loads because it's just got higher volume than the stillness, of course. There's no volume in the stillness. 
So what our brain does is we link all these I moments, we link them to each other. It, it, and I imagine that I am there all the time, but you are not at all. So these are the reference points, no? So we're going at it in another way to break the connection between these I stories, so that you get to see the gaps. And so for you, it's like we're, we're now we're talking about the reference points. You're noticing that there's reference points. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what mine does. So if you have access to seeing at any point, it's just like, gosh, I'm pulling up a reference. I'm just going to drop it. It's like, even if you're, you're meeting somebody and you think, oh, the last time I met him, bloody hell, he was a jerk. Do you know? It's like, moment is fresh, moment is fresh. Don't go to the reference point. Just train your mind not to go to a reference point. It's a very good thing to do. Great. Here's, here's uh, just to add to that. Um, I remember your story of telling about one experience where you essentially couldn't talk. Or I forget, actually, you were talking about Derek when I heard, and you said you forgot how to act. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going up. It wasn't a day. You took her out on the canoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and she said she didn't even know how to behave. Yeah, so but your, your place. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Patrick's. Yeah, 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 the retreat. Yeah, something. And how you just didn't know how to interact yeah. with a man or what do I do? Was, yeah. Um, yeah. That's really frightened me. Okay. Because the, the work that I do, I, I have to be present all the time. Yes. And as I explained to you, I was on the edge of the job because of all of that. Yeah. I have the fear of that happening is far less because there's a certain degree of trust that says, yes. okay, consciousness will handle this yes. for the situation. Yes. But I know that fear is still there. Ah. Um, it, it's still there. It's, it's a reality. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And of course, I can go a little story about, well, if I'm completely gone and tossed her, it won't matter to me anyway. So, big deal. Um, yeah. That's not really right. Yeah. So about these reference points and yeah. losing it, and essentially in some ways, the individual spacing out, it's still kind of frightening. So on one level it's spacing out, but on another level, your attention would be totally in what is present, like totally in what is required. Well, that's what happens a lot of things. Like I would be doing it, just doing stuff, and I could probably make 15, 20 things that I do within three minutes four minutes at the start of a case and I have I'll look back and say, Oh, I've done this. You know, it's, it just flows. Okay. Okay. Um, and if something arises then oh, this is outside the flow yes. mechanism. And yes. That might be a little fear arises. Yes. So in that flow are you kind of on autopilot because it's habit? Or are you completely uh, aware of what's going on? I think it's a combination. Hmm. It, it, I'm aware of what's going on. At the same time, it's learned behavior. It's learned movements. Yeah. This is where the meds is. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, I, it looks like I'm going on a trajectory, but I'm going to bring it back. Um, Everybody has, uh, pretty much everybody has a point of where they have to choose between the, the 
relevance of their phenomenal life and God. Everybody has that option of like, but if I do totally surrender, no, 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 no. My kids, my dad, everybody has something. And it's hugely important because invariably they're choosing that over God anyway, when the point of surrender comes. Everybody has it. So here's your one. So it comes down to like, yeah, but I don't actually trust grace. That's too much of a leap because there's real lives here. And it's like, yeah, fine. Yeah, grace can't take that on, sure. But the level of trust is always the highest jump. It has to be the highest jump. The jumping off the cliff, the complete surrender, is going to be the highest one in your value system. That's how it is for all of us. We stand to lose. We're threatened with the loss of the thing that has the highest value. Otherwise, it would be a piece of cake. We're getting down to non-existence. Not to jump off the cliff, mister. That's correct. <laughs> That's what's happening there. That's what that fear is about. It's not really about your area of responsibility. It's really about, about fear poking your thing of most, your most precious value here. It's really about the fear. And then that's the story that's going to cling to that fear. So you can deal with it on a story level or you can deal with it on a fear level. But either way, there's a job that's going to be, that is being asked of you. And it's not necessarily that you space out, it's the fact that something else is actually in control. You are not. But you imagine you are, you feel you're being paid to be in control, and you're not in control at all. That's just storyland. But you're buying it. And intellectually, I know that completely. Yes. Yeah. But there's a difference between here and here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So a middle ground is like, okay, consciousness, or God, or universe, whatever it is for you. I'll play my part. I'll just do my part, and that's it. And I know something else is control, but I'm just body, my spirit at the end of it. I'm going to do my part. That loosens it a bit. It's like it's a halfway house. You know? Because it's like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just an instrument here. So it kind of pulls away from personal will, being the one in control, to divine will. And it's a good, it's a good mid, mid ground to kind of loosen that, that the, the grip that that fear has, that that sense of control responsibility has. And that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And actually, I think I've chosen that middle ground. Okay, great. Yeah, because it's okay. This is my role. I will do this role as well as I have now. There you go. Um, but I see what the forces are. Yes, exactly. And bowing to the force. Yeah. The forces. Whatever, Whatever yeah. 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 That's the surrender coming in. Yeah. Because, yeah, there is a phenomenon in life, and there are laws and cause and effect. 
in this world. Of course there is. And we, we can't ignore the me, myself, I part, uh, you know, context and laws and rules when we go down here. We can't. I, I've tried it. It, it. Life is disastrous. Fine if you're in a ashram and you're all protected, fine. But we don't. We, we don't. We live in a, life, in a place of federal law and prisons. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding, but. No, physics. You know, yeah, physics, exactly. It's like I tell you that it's cause and effect. I hurt my shoulder. I said, you know, well, how do you do it? It's gravity. You know, yeah. Yeah. Gravity wins. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, uh, That's it, yeah. There must be space for those too, but knowing when the, the, the me story, that the physics, the cause and effect, it's, it's, it has complete authority there in that realm, but it's just a small bandwidth. So, so in, your, in your area of responsibility, the, the part that is subject to the law of physics is not the totality. So your bandwidth has to be so much wider allowing for space for this and the language we're using is that yeah i'll play my part but there are other forces yeah this the wider view that's what the force is really do you know the space for all of it for the totality to be operated which it is so so we imagine that if if i only am clued in to to the dualistic realm of me and my story and my responsibility right now that i perform better than having the bandwidth for that and so much more. Do you see? So, so the midway ground is, is let's have me and divine will. Let's have me and divine will. So now we'll stretch it a little bit. Do you see? All right. So, so as we go right down, it turns out to be quite smooth, just like, just like in Morgana's example of like, there is space for the anxiety to happen, but it's much looser. So there is space for you to do your work but it will be much looser. It won't have the fear activating you, you know, some, somewhere back there that I need to get this right. I need to, that contraction doesn't need to happen. But you actually will perform better at work when you're operating from the wider bandwidth. But might will run amok and say you'd screw up, you'd screw up because you could get spaced out. You know? But, you know, we're responsible adults, and, and at the same time we have the capacity of like, okay, this needs my full attention now. But yet, yet you're, you have the capacity for much wider attention, but you choose just to be there. Do you know? Yeah. That's much wider than, than actually, oh God, I've got to get this right, I've got to focus, I've got to focus. Now there's no space. Now there's no space. Now you would screw up. Well, that's just fear. That's just fear. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So these are just kind of different models of expanding our bandwidth while we have to do something that has huge dualistic consequences. But 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 yet we're so much more. The big wider picture can be in view. All the time. Of course it can. We just choose to block it out because we imagine that something else is more potent. And of course it's not. This me, my story is completely dependent on all these building blocks. This isn't the deciding factor at all. This is a little consequence of these other layers. Say that again. Mm. The me, myself, I, the dualistic mm. component 
of how we function or of the wider spectrum is a consequence of these other layers being open and clear. We imagine that, that it stops and starts with the phenomenon. It doesn't. That's the tail end of it. You see? So, so the more uh, bandwidth we have for the wider levels of perception, as far as we can go to the totality, the me story is totally nestled within that. It's the richness supports it. You see? Yeah. The tail wagging the dog. You got it, yeah. But but the person alive wants to believe it's it's the dog and the tail and the whole lot. Not at all. It's only the tail. It's only the tail. So kind of ans answered the question that I was having ahead. So I was just imagining myself being on the operating table and Tom is doing his thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if that's the tail. I mean, if he's not the tail wagging the dog, then I would have some confidence in his abilities. Um, so what came up for me was, well, wait a second, can I really trust that that is what will happen? However, you just said, if the existence transcendent is from where it's just all coming, You see what I'm saying is that um, for, for, the, for the person, there's a great fear on the operating table, knowing that maybe, you know, this guy is not really doing his job. So how would that person, how would this but they couldn't know what's going on for Tom no? they're only going to have their own projection because of their own experience yeah, so, they wouldn't know that's right, they didn't know that no and losing existence through your experiences, you lose your existence yes, your experiences there's no experience at all you won't do an aesthetic, you're, there was no existence. It's blankety blank, gone. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, it is, it's just like you sleep, no? Switch, switched off, it's gone. It's just switched off. Yeah. Some people have out of body experience, but that's the only time I've ever heard of it. You know, in, in terms of an anesthetic doing something. Unusual. So if if the person, if the patient is in the me myself story and full of fear, they're going to you know they're going to be in a, in a tiz, no. But if if that person themselves is in the widest capacity, of course, they'll be able to hold the whole theater, the whole thing. There's a habit that, that I seem to have that I don't ever remember starting it. It's, it. it's one of these things that started on its own and it still continues. 
And it didn't come out of any mind idea at all. And I've never mentioned this ever actually, I've not even told Mary. But at the start of every flight I'm on, and I take a good few of them, at the start of every flight, I zone in on the pilot, on he or she, and I just say, I recognize he was pure consciousness. Sometimes I have to say it four or five times before there's a, like a, a breakthrough. But it just happens every time. I'm sitting there buckling the belt and zhook, I'm there with the pilot. I recognize it as pure consciousness. I, I, it's just, I'm just remembering now actually, because it's just all right, I mean, all this happens. But it's, it's something like that actually, isn't it? It is, it's something about, um, something about their, their, I don't know, I don't know what it does actually, I don't know, I've never explored it, but it's part of this. It's part of this. Of, of creating that container, you've kind of <coughs> tapped into it. It's like, you know, about, it's like the patient, you know, tapping into the container for themselves, you know. You know, allowing, allowing the widest bandwidth to be there for whoever is holding the knife or the anesthetic or, or the plane, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting you should mention planes. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that every time I'm going to fly or go somewhere, usually it's the plane. But now we have a ferry boat and all the kinds of car transportation in order to get to the airplane. Yeah. Um, it's gotten better, but I still have this red and huge anxiety about it and uh, I successfully accepted it and said okay that's just what this yeah. body mind does and you know if you're going to go somewhere you're always going to go into this panic yeah. and that you're not going to make it on time that the whatever boat's going to sink the plane's going in and um It became very expansive. It was this being, as you could say, right? And then it was in the middle of the night, a huge like bolt of lightning came zipping up from the solar plexus. The entire body went into total fear about the time, would I have time in Heathrow to get the plane? And I said to myself, and I said to myself, now where is this coming from? What's going on? And my made up, there was a whole story going on. And then I looked at my, my ticket. And the times were totally different than what my mind was telling me. I had three hours in Ethel, not a half hour. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah, a half hour in Ethel, you never got me. No, no, no. Three hours in Ethel. So, I guess what I'm saying this is because it was the, the tail absolutely throwing the dog around the room, you know. Yeah. What?
it just seems so landless. I mean, it's not, you know, people have life-threatening diseases, and I'm talking about this. It's the same thing, the same fear factor, the same, the, yes. I don't know what my question is, but what, what is the, Must there be some reason for that? What? It doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense. Does your mind need a reason? Like if you had a reason, would you be able to let it go? Mind works like that sometimes. Well, I think last time you mentioned something about, well, maybe it's just past life or whatever. Uh, kind of energy comes flopping in and yeah. grabs you. Yeah. That could be a reason, but why doesn't it stop if I know the reason? Okay. So you're entertaining it and you're wondering why exactly. don't you it's part of the story. It's part of the mm-hmm. drama, you know, it's to kind of turn your back on it, you know, let it be. Yes. I don't have to deal with this, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A story so, yeah, you'll run with it. The turn of the turning around or you know what's the word? Uh, letting it go or ignoring it or whatever. Uh, or letting it be. Um, these are techniques which are quite successful actually. To turn away. Yeah. And the more successful the me is about turning away, or the stronger the story gets, the stronger, I mean, that, that hold was I never experienced anything like that. Uh huh. So, does that get stronger as you, as the, as the person gets less? Does the, it can sometimes mind, you know, mind comes up with all kinds of hijinks in order to keep the story going, keep the potency going. Sometimes it gets more potent. It does for some, yeah. But at the end of the day, are you going to entertain the mind, or are you going to draw your attention away from it? Yeah, I think I prefer happiness. Because I'm not mine. Well, you know, it's, you know, peace. Yeah, you know, where does your attention go? Yeah, where does your attention go? I would say God, you could say that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is certainly more important than entertaining the, the story. Yes. You, you know that there's nothing in fear. There, there, it has no substance at all, you know? Yes. Nothing. It's just this big, a, a story with this big contraction, a physical rush of chemicals. It's nothing. There's nothing in it. Nothing. There's no substance there. You go searching to see what this fear is about. Nothing at all. That's true. You know? So why are you entertaining it? Exactly. I mean, it does not, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole story is insane. Yes. 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 Maybe that bit of madness will always continue. Would that be all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay then.
witnessed. It's how oh, right. Find that even you know, if 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 an old familiar tick that they had, you know, you said that like a tick, a, a quirk, no, like a quirky. Okay, if somebody had a tick, you know, and then and then they do deep spiritual work or you know everything disappears for a while, the tick will come back. You know, if it's just a habit that's really familiar for your body mind, it'll come back. But your relationship with it is different. That's the way for a lot of people. I can see that when when the well, it could happen. It did happen with the fear. It's just I had that jolt. It was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to show you the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how strong the mind, the story the mind can. Yeah, it's just running amok, you know? Yeah, and you're believing it, which gives it more potency. All of your own making. So creative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. First, I'm just I'm deeply appreciating the conversation this morning. And so, Good. yeah, it's connecting me with this place of um, acceptance. Like, like, is it is it that you run shame for a while and it kind of redeems you? Is it like a punishment thing? What's your loop with shame? Mm. I, I feel like I can't go very kind of removed, quiet inside and uh, disassociate. I would say, and then I 
and then I'll have some opening or some something that I'll just kind of like, okay, world, here I am again. But never like just looking the bull in the eye. It feels maybe runs like that. So, so never looking shame in the eye. Yeah. Okay. 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 So let's look it in the eye. What is it? What do you get out of it? What do I get out of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good question. Mm. Well, what came was, uh, it feels like a calling for validation outside of myself, you know? Yeah. Like, like I want someone else to validate that whole and pure and yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you need that? I don't when I'm connected with I am, when I'm connected with um, something else. So that's that that sense of being here when I connect with it is enough. So are you not whole if you're not connected with the I am? Mm. If the dualistic story is running, are you not whole? Mm. I've been holding it that way, yeah. My sense is no, but it's, but I... You can see that that's garbage, can you? Okay. Yeah. Very effective, huh? That's the setup of shame. It's very effective. Mm -hmm. it, it, mind uses it. It's a great tool for mind to keep you pulled back into the dualistic realm, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. It's mm -hmm. just a way to keep the story going. So it's your way to put the brakes on. Say more, put the brakes on. Yeah, it, it, because uh, it, it, it's it, to put the brakes on in terms of your own awakening, because it keeps the I story going. It's got to pull you back into your dualistic thing. It's a magnet to keep you back into that. You know, smallness. The, yeah, the small, the smallness, exactly. And you need something external to, to validate you, and then you've permission to expand again. You know, so yeah, it's that that'll hold you up. You know, and it's leading nowhere. It's not based on anything. There's obviously some memory somewhere where you, you believed or you were told that you weren't told or complete unless somebody outside validated you. You, you got that wiring somewhere. And now it's being used to sabotage your own growth. So, but the whole lot of it is is garbage. Because what's not whole? What the heck is not whole? How could you be not whole? <coughs> what does that look like? Being not whole. Do you know? Suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Just suffering. Yeah. Just suffering. 
for its own sake, because nothing is achieved by that. Nothing is gleaned from that. And sure, it's kind of easy for me to talk about it, but actually, it's like turning a switch. It's like, you know, I can see that loop I'm running and it's got no value for me anymore. I'm done. And if you can bring in the sword like that, like, are you done with it or are you not? It really does come down to that. Because otherwise we can talk about it for ages and then we're into the therapy of it and then it's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that, you know, but your mind will find another loop. Because the fundamental thing is like you're choosing to stay in the dualistic realm. Limiting yourself to that perspective. It's your magnet to keep you there. Shame. It's a strong emotion. It's very effective. But it serves no other purpose except to keep the dualistic realms together. I found another. Yes. I think at one time I thought it would keep me safe in some way. Yes. There you go. That's not true. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. No, it's got nothing to do with it. Sure. Every every loop that you run from being, you know, uh, having a job with a lot of responsibility, right through to feeling bad about something or being in a dysfunctional relationship or whatever bit of drama, there will be a belief system which is absolutely garbage. If you're here and you're working on seeing the truth and finding out what the heck are we doing here and are we here at all, if you're at that point in your life, whatever keeps you stuck in duality will be BS. It will be BS. It will be. Just have a look at what beliefs you're running because they have no place here because they're only beliefs. They'll help you when duality itself is running. They'll help you then. Sort of. They'll give you an experience. It'll help you in that way. Enables duality to get solid. It helps you that way. But at this stage of the game, the only thing that's holding you back is your own belief, your own set of beliefs. Whether you want to keep entertaining them or not, now that's the invitation. So the, the energy, the life force, the thing kind of driving this movement, is it just a desire to know the truth? Is it just a desire to know? Yes, we can turn it into a desire because it feels yeah. like a desire, mm-hmm. you know? But even if you drop the desire, okay, there's, there's a, it's written in the scriptures, let it be the last desire. Mm-hmm. And it's like you kind of, 
It's like we leave a little space because desire is so friggin' hard to drop totally that we leave a little space for one desire, you know, so you can kind of clean up everything and then you leave the desire for truth. But even the desire for truth can go actually. That's just a technique. All desire must go. And that pull will still be there. It will still be there. And it's like a movement towards integrity, it's a movement towards goodness, it's an expression of love. And it just goes on its own. And it's the thing that takes over. It just takes over. And you've got to come in at a human level and like, you know, find out how to work in the world again. You know? <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, without desire, what, what would I do here? What would happen here? And there's a little bit of figuring out. You know, just to weed it through. It's like, without my reference points, would, would I go to work in the morning? Would I? And, and there's a little bit of figuring out, you know? Yeah, we work well with structure. We work well with having goals, normal goals. Like, yeah, I'm going to go in such and such a place for my vacation next year, or I'm going to save for such and such a thing. Yeah, these goals are very practical, of course. These are good things. Desire is a different ball of fire. But... But the pull to go home happens independent of all desire. It seems to be cyclical, you know? We go out into the world and we come back. We see through it, we learn, we get the wisdom and we come back. We, we just come home to rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is beautiful how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. Where's the mic going? I'll take it. Okay. Yes. Um, you mentioned that you want to be back by two, at five or two. Right. So it's all trying so maybe we should figure out when this so. Very good. We can allocate and everybody be back in Very good. Thank you, Matthew. All right. Excellent. So, good morning. Good morning, Deb. Um, my question is, um, knowing that all of this is not real, it's not happening, nothing's happening at all, but <clears throat> we're still stuck in the matrix here. Um, living or doing whatever, but um, while we're in the matrix, we know that all is consciousness and everything we see is itself. Um, and if we're not real and we're not manifesting anything, consciousness is manifesting all of it, um, but we are consciousness. So it's just like kind of confusing to me as in this dream, um, we have no free will, but we are all of it anyways. So it's a little confusing. Okay. So, so how much do you know? Where's David Bat? David in that is knowing that this is all a dream. Okay. Yeah. So do you feel stuck in the matrix? Um, I don't feel stuck in the matrix. I just know I'm in the matrix. I mean, this is all part of, like, this is all, like, death itself, or... I'm not quite What's sure. in the matrix? 
to me, it's really nothing but a dream. Okay, but why would it be an issue that you're stuck in the matrix? Um, well, I said I'm not really stuck in the... I just know that, that I'm here. But what, what's really here? Here. If um, it's not real, what's here? Is it a dream you was here or has it more potency? What's your experience? Yeah, um, it's, it's like a movie, a dream. It's that um, like um, I am the movie and I'm watching the movie and I'm making the movie, I guess. Uh-huh. And so what's the problem? There is no problem. I think it's more of a curiosity. Okay. It's just like, I'm just curious if, um, since we're, we're here and we, we might as well have fun while we're here, is there, like, I'm just curious about where the manifesting is coming from. Uh, yeah. And maybe there's no answer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Almost all the manifesting. Okay, it depends on where we look from. That's really it. It depends what lens of perception is going on. If there is no awareness at all of the bigger, wider part of the funnel here, then of course, me, myself, I is all powerful. You have to be all powerful. Now, from the perspective of all of it, it runs that story in order to get to wholeness in order to exhaust desires, in order to bring you to a point of wanting more, to bring it to a situation like satsang. So yeah, of course, the, we can manifest everything. That has to run. And it's, it's a quickening to make people exhaust and say, I, I, I've had it all, I've done it all. And you know what? Really? Really? That's as good as it gets? There's a lot of people there. So. So it plays a part. You have to feel the potency of the I story in order for it to spin itself out, in order to realize, you know, I was at full throttle and it's not enough. What the heck was that about? Mm-hmm. So the, me manifesting all of it, that, yeah, sure. There's a place of where that's really valid. If you're interested in it, do it. If, if it's done, then it's, then you'll have no juice for it anymore. But if you need to do it, do it. Just to see how much you can manifest, if you can manifest. How does that work for you? I think it's just um, fun, like exploring UFOs or um, all that stuff. Like, okay, so it's not real, but let's just play with it. Yeah. I think it's like that. And I've already been high and I've already been really low. Um, So it's just like, what else is there to do but just explore, but that's what I'm, I'm curious about, where is the manifest actually coming from? Um, can we create it for fun, or do we just let life move through us? And, like, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. What is happening is that life is moving through us anyway, but every now and then we sync up our desires, our human mind syncs up with the way life is moving through us anyway, and we're convinced that we're driving the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like a dual-controlled car, you know? It's like, there's only one of them actually turned on. 
only one control system is actually driving the car and your personality is in the dummy side imagining that it's steering mm -hmm. and you as pure consciousness has the controls turned on okay yeah that's like i think that's kind of what it feels like um it feels like synchronously everything's happening but um but then always knowing well nothing's really happening anyways uh, um, yeah, it's just like trying to figure out, like you said, about living, living, because we're here, um, but, you know, do you, do. yeah, it, are they in contradiction to each other, those, those perspectives? No, if you look at them, one, like the material phenomenal, looking at that, and then as long as you don't try to compare them, they're like completely separate, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are separate. They're, they're, uh, for me, it's like this. You know, it's, it's, it's a narrow focus and broadening right out to the totality. Mm -hmm. So that there's a place for all of it. The rules are valid at every stage. That's how that works there. That's how that works there. And that might be really attractive to go in there and manifest and change destiny. But you know what? I'm really not that interested. You just kind of lose interest, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and every now and then it's like, yeah, actually, okay, I, I, I do need to, whatever it is, have a different lifestyle or whatever it is, you know, meet a partner or whatever story we run, you know? And you take action to do that. Fine. No problem at all. The impetus can be there to, to take action and steer things in a particular direction. It's still pure consciousness, unless you're in desire land and you're, you're gone into that narrow point of view. But you can be really active and, you know, play a directive role in your life knowing that it's coming from pure consciousness. Actually not, we have the bandwidth for all of it, like to see how it, without being a paradox, they play together. Yeah, I think that's, where I get I got stuck is um, where you said, well, at some point you're 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 directing or you think you're directing, but you're not really directing. But I guess it doesn't really matter, anyways. Yes, if fundamentally it doesn't matter, but it's good to know: is there a belief that I'm directing here, or is 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 it the knowing that what I really am is directing here? What's the source of this? Is mind jumping on the movement of pure consciousness or is mind actually filtering it and, and changing, changing it? That's worth figuring out. Okay, got it. Because you'll find a lot of people saying, oh no, it just happened and it's like, it just happened, really? It's like, it was so somebody's agenda, you know? Like, mm -hmm. But yet using a spiritual uh, concept in order to kind of just abstain from all responsibility. That happens a bit, and that's complete lack of understanding and just grabbing spiritual concepts. Yeah, that's a mess. Yeah, it's kind of like something like ridiculous like happened. There's like no way that couldn't be meant to happen, and um, and then you're like, oh, I wonder what that means. But but just having fun with it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, looking for meaning. Yeah, that's a whole other quagmire of mm -hmm. thought that really doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's kind of distraction, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess for me it's just playing. It's yes. Just playing with it. 
It's playing. It does mm -hmm. sound like you're playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing else to do around my life, just play with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, 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 the literature that, that we tend to have available, you know, if you look at Nisagadatha or Ramana Maharshi, I'm just waiting for the body to fall off. I'm just waiting for it to fall off, you know? But in our culture, it's more about play, and it's a wonderful thing. Enjoy it, enjoy it. Why not? Make the most of it. Make lemonade, you know? Yeah, why not? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, can we do lunch? All right, great.